Welcome to the Marketing Millennials, the No BS Marketing Podcast. I'm Daniel Murray, and join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests, stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the f*** up. I think the biggest issue we see or sticking point that I've seen in, in my work is really around people who feel forcing themselves to like build a social media following when that's just not their jam. And the reality is their network might be on LinkedIn or writing and they, they love to write, but they're trying to build a social media following and keep up with all the content and everything else. When the reality is that they're really great writers and they should just be building a solid email list and nurturing that list. And that's where their ideal client is anyways. You know, it's like, it's finding that mix. Wistia is a complete video platform that lets you make high quality videos fast right in your browser. Record your face and screen, use AI to write scripts, even add background music. Try Wistia for free at wistia.com backslash millennials. Welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Millennials. Today I have a special guest, Carrie Keating, on the podcast. She can tell you she works with some big names that you may have heard of, you probably have heard of, and I'm excited to chat. Welcome, Carrie, to the podcast. Thank you so much, Daniel. I'm really excited to be here. Jam. I want to first get into how did you get into marketing, and then we can get into some the topic of the day. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I have a really interesting background as it relates to my experience, both in corporate and then being an entrepreneur and how I found myself here now working for Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi running marketing for their brand mastermind. I started working with some really big brands, brands like Lululemon, Nike, and more of the product development, buying, sales, merchandising. I mean, when I say I have a holistic background, it is, I have done pretty much every single thing. And uh, I became an entrepreneur back in 2015 when I started having children. And when I say entrepreneur, I mean, I didn't really know what the heck I was doing. I just knew that I didn't necessarily want to be a stay-at-home mom fully. Like I still wanted to use my brain and I wanted to be available for my kids. And so I hired a coach to help me figure out kind of what my next move was. And she said, listen, you have incredible business acumen. You should start coaching, start consulting. And so I got into the coaching and consulting world, really helping other women with business who were in business, leveraging, you know, all my cross-functional work and ended up building a six-figure coaching business uh, orga fully organically, multiple six figures, and it started building a personal brand. And that transpired into bigger consulting work on a lot of different things, like very holistic business stuff. But when I started to really look at where do I light up the most and where do I get most excited, you know, I realized what I was really good at in my own work was branding, messaging, and really tapping into the emotion behind moving people into action. And so when I found myself in a meeting with Dean one day, he's like, what do you want to do? Where do you want to focus? And I said, marketing was my jam and this was my love. And so I found myself here working with his team 
And it has been a really fun ride so far. And yeah, just we're at an incredible transition and tipping point in our business where a lot of moving parts, a lot of things are changing, but they brought me on as the director of Evergreen Marketing for any of you who have experienced, you know, any of our launches. Uh, We ran some of the biggest launches in the world. We just did one with Matthew McConaughey back in March. And, you know, two and a half million opt-ins, 500,000 people watching live virtually on YouTube. I mean, we we pretty much broke the internet. So when they asked me to come on and say, Carrie, can you, we're really good at these things. Can you kind of help us sort out <laughs> everything else, all of the other pieces? You know, we're great at launches. Can you help us sort out all of the other pieces? And so that's what I've been doing. So yeah, that's how I found myself here. And yeah, one of my campaign managers was like, hey, you got to get on this podcast with Daniel and Jam about everything evergreen. And so here we are. So that's literally how I got myself right here. <laughs> I love it. I also want to just clarify. So this is not clarify, but for the audience, the business carries in has a launch strategy, which you heard is crazy. They do big launches, but everything else she just said, and she does, and that's what we she they define as evergreen marketing. But could you define what goes into evergreen marketing, what you're doing, and then we can go into like some of like the tactics that you are implementing? Yeah, absolutely. From a functional standpoint, it's really, I mean, there's paid evergreen, so our paid campaigns that are running continuously. It's more of the the long-term marketing. So our paid campaigns, our email all rolls up to me. So everything as it relates to email uh, from client fulfillment to also our conversion copy and everything else, as well as our social media. So all of our social, everything organic rolls up to me as well. So in my mind and kind of how we've defined it is, you know, our company, because we were built on this incredible launch model and really, you know, we're able to, and we have an incredible team that, you know, gets a lot of people in a room, the rest just hadn't been focused on or when it was focused on, it would get, you know, kind of diverted. So for me, evergreen marketing is really everything else, everything outside of these big, big, big launches. Cool. So nurturing our people, ascending them, as well as front-end campaigns, lead generation. So it's, it's lead acquisition as well as client acquisition from those leads. What do you would you say is like the top three highest performing channels or strat- campaigns you're running right now? Yeah. So it's interesting. We have tested a lot. Our best performing channel for us, because we are a direct response marketing company, is email outside of the launches. So launches, we consider those big campaigns, like big heavy lift campaigns. But our email is definitely, you know, comes in second as it relates to marketing. So our internal campaigns to our lists um, and everything else. I, first of all, like for everybody who's saying email's dead, you can hear from Carrie that it's definitely not. And it's also makes sense for the model you're in where you get a big launch, you get probably like millions of people on a list and not everybody in that list is going to be ready to buy right now. So how could you nurture, make sure that the people who aren't ready become ready? Could you describe like some of the like techniques you use to like get someone to like make the move after the launch, say they didn't like come to the launch or they didn't like buy from the launch? Like how, what are some of those techniques and email that you are employing? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is you have to understand why. Why didn't they buy? Why weren't they ready? We just spent 
let's say in a launch, particularly five days together. And, you know, we gave you all of the strategies, all of the tactics, all of the everything. We laid out the clear plan and the vision and the right product. So what was the reason that you didn't buy? So we do a lot of, we get really curious about why they weren't purchased it, why they didn't purchase. And then we create moments throughout that timeline to give them an opportunity to say yes to us again. And whether that be if the product wasn't right, then what is the right product to put in front of them? Is it less about, you know, are we're positioned as a company that to we help people sell what they know. We help them turn their knowledge. You know, we call it the knowledge industry, but we we help them turn their knowledge, their expertise into a course, a consulting business, a coaching business, and we really help them monetize their knowledge. Part of that is also personal development because as an entrepreneur, oftentimes, you know, you need that kind of emotional infrastructure. So we do have a personal development portion to our product suite. And so what we get really clear on is like, where are they at emotionally based on the responses? Obviously, not everybody responds to the survey, but if we can get a good gauge of information, then based on their behaviors, we will segment that to, okay this person needs personal development or this segment needs personal development. Let's nurture them to, you know, a sale or a product around personal development and then create an ascension to the our core offer suite. We also have an e-learning platform. So Mastermind is really, you know, if you think of something like Masterclass or Mind Valley, where we have a whole suite of courses, so it's a we have a membership model, and then we also have a coaching offer as well. And so we try to get really, really nuanced as best we can based on their behaviors as to what the best product is going to be for them, and then put that in front of them strategically, specifically over email. How do you say this is again to? So you just launched Matthew McConaughey's course or what launches his product, let's just call it a product. What are the things that you needed to plan together with the launch to make sure that you are successful on the evergreen side? Because I think like people like you didn't just like say, okay, launch and I'm gonna take over now. What are the pieces that came into place while the launch was like the launch strategy was coming into play? I think it's the same as any launch that we look at it the same as any kind of big launch that we have is what is the long tail? How are we nurturing them? You know, and for our product being, you know, the experience that comes on the back end of a launch, both with McConaughey and all of the other launches that we've done, there is a cohort element that everybody who comes through the product is done in a specific time frame. And so they are all specifically ascended. So there's the buyer marketing and the customer marketing, and then there's the lead marketing beyond that. So we're thinking through all elements of how are we ascending them, our product suite, based on the pathway that they choose on both if they buy at the event or if they don't buy. So it's really like we're thinking through that as much as we possibly can and sometimes, you know, we have to, based on the results of the launch or based on the results of the campaign, we do this in our paid evergreen campaigns as well. It's, it's all optimization, as we all know. So we're paying attention to what the data is telling us and what the metrics are telling us in order to adapt. But we try to plan out as far as we can to make sure, number one, our product suite, wherever we're sending them, is evergreen and it's not based on a specific timeline or anything like that. And then number two, what could be their potential behaviors? Why might they not buy then? 
And then what do we need to have in place and how long of a nurture sequence do we have in place in order to nurture them to a sale and also not like hound them to a sale to really add value and make sure that they're getting what they need from us in terms of education and information so that when the time comes right for us to offer the product again, it just makes us makes a lot of sense and it's a yes. Since you have a bunch of, like, say, people in the mastermind community, is it sometimes like cross-selling them to another product, or is it only just like I'm going to stay in this lane where, like, okay, I'm launching Matthew McConaughey, the only product I'm going to be like, so like, or it's like, okay, maybe Matthew McConaughey's product wasn't like right for you, maybe like Dean's product is right for you, or Tony's product is right for you, or some other person's right for you? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I think it'd probably be helpful to kind of talk about our product suite and that will kind of help give some clarity. But we, our core product is our mastermind membership. And that is, you know, that e-learning platform. We do have other products that are auxiliary, maybe lower ticket. Um, You know, that membership comes at $423 annually. So for some people, you know, that's not the right stepping stone. We also have some higher elevated products like at our launches that we typically sell are around just under $1,000. So, you know, but they're coming out of there with a business in their hand. (laughs) So, you know, it is a higher ticket product, but it lends itself to the outcome that they're really investing in. So in terms of cross-sells, we have some auxiliary uh, products that do support the same outcome, but all of our products really drive to two outcomes. It's either personal development by way of building the infrastructure that you need as an entrepreneur to support your business, or it's very business and marketing and tactic focused, if that makes sense. So we do, of course, offer different products in our suite, whether it relates to, you know, but that fall within that umbrella. But yeah, of course, I mean, you know, my, my big goal in terms of our campaign specifically, we have a, a coaching offer that is, you know, we work with people for an entire year on helping them develop their knowledge business, their, you know, the business that they're at. And it's $6,000. It's like so crazy competitive. It is like so like the outcomes that we get and the testimonials that we get are insane. However, not every cold traffic, it's hard to sell cold traffic on that. And so most of our campaigns are really built on the front end to number one, liquidate our ad spend by the time it gets to our sales team. And they're having conversation about that. And that includes a lot of different, depending on the campaign and the journey, a lot of different opportunities for this them to say yes to us. So if I can have someone say yes to us on a $47 product that is a valuable tool that they can use in accelerating the point between idea to business plan and then move them through our ascension model to, you know, the next yes, which is our 423 offer. And then the next yes beyond that for people who want a deeper level of community and handholding and everything else, of course. Now, if they're sitting here going, okay, I need you know, click funnels or Kajabi or whatever else it is, you better believe we're going to be, you know, building those affiliate offers in there as well. So yeah, there is the sky's the limit for us as long as it, it all goes back to the why and what we're doing and our core product suite of like, does this fit within 
the, we won't just throw stuff in to throw stuff in. It needs to make sense for the mix and what's going to support our people the best. That, I mean, that totally makes sense. So it's basically, okay, so you have a knowledge person, which is like Matthew McConaughey. He's launching a new product in Mastermind. You're the first, like some people got enough trust that they like had some trust, but hesitation, but they wanted to go for to like the small end of the product, which is like the 49. Some people got more trust out of it than, than maybe went to the 400. But it's all like building trust throughout the funnel where it's like, the first thing is like, okay, let me just give you all the knowledge we have. And if you buy, great. If you don't, we've given you something to work with and we've become a trusted expert in the field. And then you go down the funnel and it's like, okay, we showed you that at the 49 level, like we can offer this much, but there's more to offer at the next level. And then like, if you really wanted to be a knowledge expert yourself and sell your knowledge and start courses or start stuff like that, we have another product that can get you in. It's probably... I have this belief that everybody has knowledge trapped in their head that they can sell. Like, that's the truth. Like, everybody has a skill that someone will pay for. You just, you, it's, it's just how the world works. It's just like, you have to get into your head and say, like, I am willing to, like, be confident enough to sell that. But I think, like, everybody has a skill that someone doesn't have that someone's willing to pay for. So. One hundred percent. It's, we, we always talk about it. It's either a skill or maybe it's experience. Like maybe mm-hmm. you've been through something and I know I've gone through crazy experiences in my life and I've looked to thought leaders who have been through something similar and they're helping people shorten the learning curve and educating them on some pitfalls or what you need to look through, you know, like what are some things that you need to look out for or how can you accelerate your healing journey or whatever it is. And yeah, I agree with that. That's one of our big ethos is that we believe everyone's got something locked inside their noodle. <laughs> I would only use that word, but um, locked inside <laughs> their their head to, you know, that they can turn around and really help people with. One thing, so the one side of the business is, okay, you're selling these to people who are entrepreneurs who want to like level up what they're doing. What is the pathway for someone who now wants to start using their knowledge and do it themselves, like mastermind helping them. What, how does, if I came to you today, like I'm an expert in my field, like I say, I'm an expert in marketing and, or like I'm an expert in paid advertising. And I believe there's a large paid advertising community that can benefit from me. Like what is the path for me to like start becoming, like monetizing my knowledge? Yeah. So we have like our core curriculum of, I mean, it's really, it's exactly what you think it would be. It's just figuring out who needs your knowledge. You know, our core product is really identifying those things. Who needs this? What, who needs this problem solved? And what is the way, where is that ideal client hanging out? So it's really basic in terms of teaching people these skills and how to think about how to get their product and service in front of people and then teaching them the marketing skills behind that. So if you're going to be, you know, if you want to write a book, that's how this knowledge is going to be best digested. We're going to help you with that. If you want to build a course, if you want to be a consultant, if you want to be a course creator. So it's really dependent on the person, but we have some some core identified pathways. Yeah, I think that's really cool. And that's like the cool thing about being in the knowledge economy, or I guess that's, I don't know if that's the word to call it, but like being in that economy of like 
we're lucky that we're living in a time where we have the technology and to be able to take our knowledge and be able to monetize it in different ways. Hey marketers, listen up. Wistia is my best kept secret for creating videos for your business. You can record and edit videos right in your browser and even use their AI to write your script. With Wistia, you can record your face and screen for videos like sales pitches or product demos. And the video editor is pretty much foolproof. Seriously, you've got to check it out. Start creating videos for free at wistia.com backslash millennials. That's W-I-S-T-I-A dot com slash millennials. I want to also ask you, like, how do people get over the hump of like, because I know people have the hump of, yeah, it, it feels like a little cheesy or like a little like lame to be like slinging courses or slinging this under my name. Like, how do you how do you get over that like mental block for people? It can be challenging, but it, like any marketing, we try not to spend too much time convincing people and more time attracting the people who are ready. And then our auxiliary, you know, our social media, like it's all meant to kind of like nurture and inspire until they're ready. Because if that thought is planted for them or in them, you know, eventually they'll probably either get there or they'll just kind of turn the other way and be like, yeah, it's not for me. But I always say, funny, I was just talking about this the other day. I'm like, you know, it's interesting because if I was to go sell a shoe, I worked at Nike for a really long time. And if I was to go sell shoes, it's easy because it's like, okay, shoe, target market, what's our distribution strategy? What's our marketing strategy, et cetera, et cetera. There's no human attached to that. I'm not selling the designer (laughs) and having to overcome the human component. Whereas if in in the knowledge industry, that knowledge is attached to a human and you're not hiring people to sell it for you, you are selling it yourself and therefore you need to overcome yourself. Hence why we do have a big personal development component to all of this of, okay, how do I find the confidence? How do I sharp? What are the skills that I need? What is the avenue that I want to be, you know, marketing on. I think the biggest issue we see or sticking point that I've seen in in my work is really around people who are feel forcing themselves to like build a social media following when that's just not their jam. And the reality is their network might be on LinkedIn or writing and they they love to write, but they're trying to build a social media following and keep up with all the content and everything else. When the reality is that they're really great writers and they should just be building a solid email list and nurturing that list. And that's where their ideal client is anyways. You know, it's like, it's finding that mix. So it is definitely, I think this is a big challenge too. It's definitely not a one size fits all. We teach our core curriculum and that's what we, that's how we attract people. I mean, Dean is one of the best marketing minds on the planet. Tony is, you know, a, a coach that is, uh, you know, transcends so many things. But we, and so we attract a lot of those people who want that and want our core curriculum. But the reality is, it's like there is just such diversity of thought and avenues, and there's access to so much that we do our best to give them the core basic skill sets that you need in business today, in digital, running digital businesses, and then try to help 
support them in finding what's the path of least resistance for them. I mean, we know as entrepreneurs that it's all about just creating some level of consistency and being open to failing and failing faster and finding that feedback and, you know, really getting into to a consistent pattern. That's ultimately what creates results over time because that's what compounds. It's all an optimization game. So we really try to distill that down to our students and hope that that lands. So I want to just go out, like break it down how I'm thinking and you can correct me for like what you guys do is there's attention channels that are like the prospecting channels, which are like your paid, your social, which are also not only prospecting, but they're like educating channels like that are all top of funnel. That mm-hmm. could also include like having two of the biggest names in, in the world as part of that as like attracting. Then you kind of have those middle funnel channels, which are like the email list, which are like people who have like, okay, they understand what we are, but they still not convinced. So you have to like nurture them through email and all that. And there's probably other channels in there that you probably do as well. Probably like events and stuff like that, that you're nurturing. And then there's like bottom of the funnel channels, which are probably like salespeople, um, and some other people, but there's also like, there's also that the channel of like post-purchase channel where you, you still have to like, you, you, the, the loop happens where you, you convince another person. It's like the word of mouth. There's some great virality in the product and all that stuff. Am I kind of breaking down the yep. channels in the right way? I just yep. want to say, cause for just for people who are just listening, like, I mean, most marketing could be broken down into like attention and then like nurturing attention. Like everything is like attention at the end of the day and how you can keep it and build trust through attention. Right. So attention is the new currency. Yeah. 100%. Is there any other things that like you found that cool that work that maybe you didn't think they worked? Something you tried new that you were like, oh, shoot, like that was a cool thing we tried and, and it's worked out. Or is it just like that tried and true bread and butter channels that you've been doing? I think it's the tried and true. Also, like we are we are in such a big transition period. Like like I mentioned, we had um, we're in that discovery phase right now of like really what are our channels aside from our launches where we do it's so heavily reliant on a badass paid team. I mean, we're spending a million dollars a month <laughs> in one month, you know, and that's it, and then it's done. Um, so it's like, everything's got to be dialed. It's got to be right. We're throwing it all in. So right now we're really in that discovery phase of, okay, what is the right mix? Where are we focusing, you know, our energy in terms of leveraging, even in terms of leveraging Dean and Tony as their personal brand and building brand equity and mastermind and separating the two. So we're in that discovery phase. So I will tell you, you know, I set high standards for myself. So it feels like, I test a lot of things <laughs> and then optimize, which feels less less like that really works well, well <laughs> and more like, well, shit, how do we get this to work? Sorry if I'm not allowed to cuss, but- um, No, you can say whatever okay. you want. Okay. But yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of really great wins and then we've we've also tested a lot of stuff. And I think the biggest thing is like, the biggest thing that Dean and I go back and forth on regularly is just like, okay, marketing stamina. 
This is all about stamina. This is all about like really, especially on the evergreen side, like really thinking through like when we set a funnel for on evergreen, it's like we just launched one uh, a couple weeks ago, one that uses an ebook to go to a training that is a 997 offer for this uh, core product that we have, one of the core products that we have. And I mean, we're, we're in there every day. Okay. What do we need to do? How do we need to get our CPLs down? How do we need to, you know, what is the life cycle? Like every day optimizing. And it will be like that obsession, um, for months to come. So it's, it's not even so much necessarily like, Hey, this is really cool. It's like, Hey, I think what's cool about it is like, what is the right mix? And how do we define that? And what is going to take us from where we're at now through this tipping point of really building out an integrated marketing team that isn't so reliant on the launch model because that, you know, can lend itself to, we, we, it has to be diversified in order to, to be sustainable. Yeah. I mean, if you like anybody who like is on the launch model, it's just a lot of like, software companies on launch models like they plan their schedule like we're gonna launch this like one big feature set or something a year you guys are more like a monthly type thing but it's still that means you're like putting all like your eggs on a launch so like your work is is helping get that from like this being like the 70, 80%, I'm not just guessing numbers, like 70, 80% revenue thing to like making, making it like, okay, it's maybe like the 40%, 30% revenue thing. And like the rest is coming from these evergreen campaigns where, where we're nurturing. But the launch model is still a great model to get people in the funnel. But if it flops, then you, you can lose like an 80% revenue month. So you don't want that. Um, you're just mitigating risk. hundred percent. That is exactly what we're doing is mitigating risk. And we're building brand awareness better. We're being more intentional about it. We're, you know, really refining our products because of it and staying a lot closer to our consumer because of it. Our launches actually, we've done it a few ways, but our launches are actually just twice a year. So we would have big, like really big launches and then ascend people through, through everything, you know, through that product suite. But now it's much more because we're starting to shift more to an evergreen and, or I should say an integrated approach. We're able to diversify and think more of like, how about less heavy launches and more of an events model or more of taking all of the things that we know are killer for, you know, remember too, like the inception of this company, we're still pretty young. The experience that we have in our leadership is not, but the company itself came uh, on the heels of COVID and, you know, a lot of people being at home, thinking about what their next move is, where they could really start, you know, focusing some energy. And so these launches worked really, really, really well. And they still work incredibly well, but in order to diversify and really grow past the ceiling that we've that we're starting to approach. We haven't hit it there. We're trying to like future pace us, pace ourselves to get ahead of it. You know, that's why we started, that's why they brought me on to really focus on this more integrated approach. And so, yeah, it can be having the diversification, mitigating the risk, and then getting really, really clear on who we are and who we want to be and being able to build that outside of our launches has been really fun, to be quite honest. It's also, if you like kind of flip it upside down too, is like, if you can get more trusted people to the event instead of like the launch, like that's going to be way more successful than just getting like people who are maybe like 
consider in like consideration like moment to like i'm really like want to buy but i just want like the like last step it's better to have the true intentional people in the room than have like that so like you could probably i mean i'm just saying uh, but probably you end up being that the integrated marketing will be like filling the room more than like the top of fun fell in the room so it's like starts like having like at least like 50 50 and then more and more people will come to the event that you want to yeah absolutely absolutely one question i ask everybody in this podcast is what is a marketing hill you would die on a marketing hill i would die on help me understand the context behind that question like what would i just yeah, like something in marketing that is tried and true that you always believe that will happen in marketing. Um, oh. Like, yeah, like something email. that you copy. Yeah, cool. Email yeah, I mean, copy. Period. Yeah, that there we go. You didn't even need to say anything long. Like some people, I think email. I still say like email is one of the strongest channels because it's an own channel where like everything else is a rented distribution besides like having someone in your own product or in your own community like that's an email is like the only other like marketing channel to keep you going like that absolutely so. yeah and if you can really be sophisticated in your nurturing and your the monetization of your database i mean the sky's the limit it really is yeah it's just like figure out now like oh how could i balance helping people on the list versus when do I push to the launch and figure out the life, like you just said, the life cycle of when someone's going to make a decision and give them all the tools they need until they will make that decision. So we have a healthy and hearty mix of like, we're very intentional about when we do make offers and what we offer and how, and the cadence in which we offer things. We really try to, you know, the goal of our of our database is to, to nurture first, educate and empower first, and when it's right, make an offer because we know too that oftentimes free has no value. Sometimes it does, but for most of the work that we do, when you have someone, you know, when you're going against human behavior, having some skin in the game to get to a result is really important because people can go to YouTube and they have free content everywhere. I mean, listen, we can, <laughs> we can go, you know, uh, watch and learn. There's so much information everywhere, but there is something different energetically that happens when someone hands over their credit card and says, or their money and says, okay, yes, I'm in, I want some, I, you know, I want to take action on this. And so we don't take that transaction lightly at all. And we don't offer it enough probably <laughs> but um but we we tr- we try to be really intentional about it that's why universities there like you can't i always believe education at the end of the day should be paid for when it comes into fo- as the form of education there's different forms of education but like in the structure because someone who's going to pay for something is more likely going to stay in the course and write it out like you if you didn't pay for college you they're probably the dropout rate would probably be huge if you, they didn't. Since there's some skin in the game, I don't think it should be free, but it should. There's a d- debate on like how much it should cost, but there should be always some skin in the game of how totally. how much it. And then, yeah, I think that's a. I mean, I call like the way I think about content is like social is like a Costco sampler, and then like 
the middle fun, I was like, okay, now my here's some more here's like the 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 product, like one part of the the product, and now like the course is like now you can cook the whole meal, like so like it goes from like the sample, the one more in depth taste of what you're trying to get, like the appetizer, and then you you kind of get the full meal after you've like tasted. So it's just that's how I think about channels a lot. So. Lastly, where could people find you and what you're doing? That's a great question. I mean, LinkedIn is probably my drug of choice right now. <laughs> it's interesting because I did used to build a personal brand. So I have an Instagram and did all that. But um, for me personally, I just kind of, it's like when you're building someone else's brand or a different, I like, I just don't put a ton of energy and effort into that anymore. So LinkedIn is is definitely my jam. But you can also find me on Instagram at underscore Carrie Jane. It's kind of funny that way. I just was going to make a point on that. It's kind of funny because I've helped a lot of like founders and CEOs like build a brand on LinkedIn. And it kind of was like to the detriment of me building my brand because I was just getting so, it was so much thought power in helping those people that you just couldn't have time for yourself to share your knowledge. So. Yeah. And I, it, sometimes I'm just like, hey, I don't want to. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want to, especially after building a personal brand for a little while. It was, it was great, but it was also exhausting. I just am like, I don't want to be, if I'm thinking about content strategy for an entire brand and running a team, like all, it just is like, I have no desire. I, you'll see me, you'll see photos of me fly fishing and snowboarding. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, sometimes, I mean, also with, when it comes to content, like it heavily relies on the success of like the passion of what you're talking about. And if you're not passionate, it comes through the content. So it's sometimes better to like, just to do like share things you're passionate about than trying to yeah. like fake it till you make it on when you're doing content because you'll end up ultimately burning out. So exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining. This has been great. Thank you, Daniel. This has been so much fun. Thanks so much for listening. Keep tuning in to hear more great insights from the coolest marketers from around the world. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe and follow the Marketing Millennials podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, I would greatly appreciate you giving us a five-star rating. It helps bring more marketers into our community. 